When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We are live with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll get to your questions coming up on Facebook and, of course, at OU on the air on Twitter if you want to jump in. Little known fact, Toby Rowland, big game day guy. So how excited are you? for Saturday and game day coming to Norman. I assume you're talking about Sooner game day, which is... Chad McKee must be with an earshot. What I always watch before (laughs) an OU game with my friends Chad McKee, uh, who else is on that show? Teddy Lehman, Gabe Eichert, and Jessica (laughs) Jessica, Cootie. don't forget. That's right. So other than that, I do enjoy the, uh, the opening theme of ESPN's game day as well. I have been known to sing along on a Saturday morning. Are you going to give us a little sample of that? I will not. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Maybe someday soon. No one to scare anybody on game. Uh, the big game coming up this week. We don't want to. Did it surprise you to find out that? Well, I mean, obviously for you and I, we've kind of known it and lived it. But I was a little bit shocked to think it had been eight years since game day came to town. Eight years. 2012 when Oklahoma played Notre Dame. We don't need to talk about that game. But it seems as if every road environment we go on, there ends up being okay. game day there too. They're always on the road. Yeah. Uh, when we go to Ohio State or Stillwater a few times, Baylor a couple of times, game days followed us around on the road, but uh, not in Norman for eight years. So that'll be fun. I-, I wish fans could be a part of it like the good old days, but still, it'll be great. I'm sure there'll be some spotlight features on some Sooner players or coaches, uh, something about the Bedlam rivalry. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a big game. Got two ranked teams going head to head. That's, uh, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get into this game uh, on the pod today. But one other quick note, it's two ranked teams going at each other for, what would that be, the 12th time? Oklahoma is 6-0 when game day is there. We're going back in the Big 12 era here. I mean, I last year, the Jalen Hurts game, whenever he was the one-man show, right? 
Uh, go back to go back to 17 and the way that things were just clicking for Baker and Marquise Brown, kind of the birth of Hollywood. I mean, Toby, we could do this all day long with some of our favorite bedlam moments whenever they're both ranked. I, I still think the 2012 game is an incredibly underrated game with the run by Brennan Clay to win the game. I mean, there's so many great moments that this series has provided us over the last 20 years. The home games, the last few years specifically, I mean, there's been some great ones in Stillwater. Right. It was 13 with Blake Bell, right, in Stillwater. I, I'm not real good with the years thing. I okay, think I had to look it up. It was 13 because uh, in 11 was back-to-back -back years. 10 and 11, they made the trip. Yeah. Then they came to Norman in 12 and Oklahoma won. Then 13 was the Blake Bell to Jalen yeah, Saunders. Yeah, I think I said 15 on the press conference show. I was wrong <laughs> about that. But if you just look at the games in Norman, 2012, you had the Brendan Clay run in overtime. 2014, you had the Tyreek Hill punt return. Mm -hmm. 2016, Samaje takes a knee. I mean, there's been some incredible finishes in this game, in this building. No reason to think Saturday's not going to be any different. And I think this is a Grant Wade stat. I think 2016 is the only time the Sooners have been able to celebrate a conference championship yeah. on their home field. I think. I think you're right about that. That's right. But anyway, let's get into this matchup. We just wrapped up the Lincoln-Riley press conference. A lot of really good stuff from Coach and counting down to this. Seemed like there was quite a bit of focus on, on Spencer Rattler and, and playing in a big game like this. I, I'll tell you what, if it's anything like the second half was against Texas, bring it on, man. I've been excited about watching Toby Spencer's progression and kind of that path that he's been on over the last few weeks. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I, I'm sure there'll be some, some nerves. Um, the whole game day thing and the primetime thing and it being late in the season as it is, I would imagine any youngster might have a little nerves going into it. But the fact that he has, we're this deep in the season, He's already been through the Texas game and, and the ordeal that that turned into with going to the bench and coming back and going four overtimes. I think he's settled in nicely. I expect him to play well. The uh, turnover against Kansas was a curious interception that I don't know that it was entirely his fault, but we haven't seen him throw a pass like that in a long time. But I really um, don't have much doubt that he'll play well. Now, I do think he and that Oklahoma offense will probably have a harder time moving the football than they have all year just because I think they're playing the best defense they have all year in Oklahoma State. So you got to not get frustrated when things that are normally open aren't as open when um, you have to punt once in a while and play a little field position. So whether it's in the run game or in the pass game, you got to make smart decisions. This is a defense in Oklahoma State that's excellent at taking the ball away. They'll hit you in the nose. Uh, they're, they're really good. So I think it's going to be important for Spencer to play well, as it always is. But that doesn't necessarily mean throw for 400 yards and put 50 points on the board in this game. Sometimes it means don't make the mistake. Sometimes it means on third down when nobody's open, dumping it into the bench, punting, and, and living to let your defense make something happen. So big games mean your quarterbacks have to play well, and this is certainly a big game. By the way, you mentioned punting. How about a Reeves Munchau question during the press conference today? I literally like did a double take. Was that Kersey, I Kersey. believe? Kersey, yeah, yeah, Jason Kersey from The hey, Athletic. The Athletic digs deep. <laughs> I'm willing to bet there's a Reeves Munchau feature coming, Jason. And by the way, uh, I, I noticed a lot of questions surrounding, hey, do you look back on the way things went whenever, like, you were down against Iowa State and you lost to Kansas State? And I thought Lincoln handled that well. But, you know, to me, 
just sticking on Spencer Rattler real quick before we move on to defense, Toby, I think what we're seeing in Spencer Rattler, in my very, very unprofessional quarterback guru opinion, is he's smarter about when to take that shot and when to go ahead and, as you said, maybe throw it away or take the shorter route. You know, sometimes you have this mindset of, I can fit this ball anywhere it needs to go. And with the right. way that it comes out of Spencer's hand, you know he feels that way. But it's learning that, hey, there's times to take a shot, and Lincoln's talked about it, and there's times where you just kind of live for another play. You haven't seen since, the, since he came back in against Texas, you haven't seen very many occasions. The one really against Kansas, the pick there, is the only one I can even think of where he's thrown a pass that you've said, ooh, you know, double coverage, tried to fit one in there, probably not a great decision. He put it in danger. He's played great and really hasn't put the football in danger. Uh, hanging on to it, ball security in the pocket as well. You remember he was a little loose with it early in the year. He fumbled it badly early against Texas right before he got benched. So he's been better in that regard as well. It's something that you expect from a young quarterback who's just learning to play the position and everything's moving faster than it did out in Arizona when he was a junior in high school. But he looks under control now. I mean, he looks, he looks like he's a, a junior quarterback out there and he's seen a lot of things. Love. I, but I, Love. I, I don't, I'm mean, again, I think Oklahoma State's the best defense he's faced all year. So they're faster, they hit harder than anybody else that they have played. I think West Virginia, by the way, the next opponent, Probably the next best defense that he's going to see all year. So the next couple of weeks will tell a lot for Spencer. Brian asks, can our defense stay strong and dominate? I think that's the goal, right? You're going up against an Oklahoma State team to where there's a couple of injury situations. Tylen Wallace missed the last game. Uh, L.D. Brown, who's really at times been their best running back this year, and Chuba yeah. Hubbard, both dinged up. Mike Gundy talked about it in his presser the other day. They've really had inconsistency on their offensive line because of injuries. But I think, uh, I think Brian, that's the question every single week. You know, can the defense go out and dominate? And we're seeing it. OSU's got fantastic skill position weapons. I mean, you look at those three guys there. If you're, if you're watching uh, the feed, Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, it goes beyond that. You mentioned L.D. Brown. I think Dylan Stoner's a, a jinx kid is a fantastic player for them. It has been for a long time. Uh, Jelani Woods probably doesn't get talked about enough. I don't know if he gets used enough, but the 6'7", 275 cowboy back that is a nightmare to try to cover. And Spencer Sanders is uh, a guy who has been hot and cold this year, has turned it over more than they'd like, but he's electric when he's able to use his yeah. legs and, and make plays and get out of the pocket. I think it's the matchup of the game, though. That offensive line has struggled at times I don't I don't think they're bad by any means but they've had some issues staying healthy this year and at times have not been able to protect as well as they'd like and obviously the Oklahoma pass rush has been exceptional over the last month so if they can keep it up if uh, Nick Benito Perrion Winfrey and friends up front Isaiah Thomas can get after the quarterback then it's going to be a long day for Spencer Sanders. If OSU can block him up, you know, maybe bring those Cowboy backs in to, to help out. Maybe you use an extra running back to help, whatever the case may be. If they can keep Spencer Sanders' jersey clean most of the day, they've got the skill position guys to really make you pay. And that guy right there is the scariest of all. I mean, Tylen Wallace doesn't take much. Sometimes you just throw it up. 
50 yards downfield and say, go get it. And he will most of the time. I like this point that Ronnie Bishop made on Facebook. We're simply seeing a team growing up and the defense, especially they're very dangerous. Yeah, I think that's been one of the most promising things throughout this season, Toby, is to watch a team through their first couple of games. We'll get back tomorrow in Oklahoma State. But we're seeing an Oklahoma team that's learned from its mistakes. They've grown up, and they're make, committing fewer penalties, making fewer mistakes. And we're seeing a team that, listen, I understand it, that there's a lot of people that go undefeated or you're not happy. I get that. That's fine. I feel that way. Everyone feels that way. But when you see a team that's lost a couple of games and then has found a way to improve throughout the season, I mean, look at these numbers and how they're getting after the quarterback and the tackles for losses. I mean, six sacks in the first, what, three games, and now, what, 20? Over the last four, we're watching a team grow up and evolve in front of our eyes, and it's been a blast. 20 sacks, eight takeaways in the last four games, nine sacks against Kansas. I think it's a few things going on. You're right, it's a young, uh, there's a lot of young guys on that defense, and so there's natural maturity that's taken place. You've also added back in probably the most disruptive pass rusher in the Big 12 Conference in Ronnie Perkins. And they're playing a ton of guys still this late in the season. You know, Woody Washington seems to have won the starting job at that other corner position, but the rotation of bodies that they're getting up front on that defensive line, uh, the number of guys they're able to play now, like a young Shane Witter on at the linebacker position, Aguebu's getting more and more playing time. Uh, we're starting to see more and more guys in the secondary, like a DJ Graham get playing time when it matters early in games. It's allowing everybody to be fresher. And so they've always got fresh legs on the field. Oklahoma's had, you know, uh, the third down uh, percentage this year defensively. Top 10 in the country, number five in the nation at 28%. So they're not out there for very long most of the time. You, how many times have you seen a team this year go on a 10-plus play scoring drive against them? Doesn't happen very often. They've been able to get off the field, stay fresh, rotate a bunch of bodies, and play fast, which is what they want to do. Yep. Speed D, baby. And you mentioned Shane Witter. He was, uh, he and what, Brendan Walker, really fun to watch two of the young pups get an opportunity a couple of weeks ago. So we hit on Oklahoma State's offense and the, the dangers of Tylen Wallace. I don't, I mean, I can't wait to see Trey Brown match up against him and what that's going to look like. But Toby, you hit on one thing with Spencer Sanders. It's, kind of an interesting thing and that's his inability to protect the football so you have a defense in Oklahoma that thrives on takeaways an Oklahoma State team that struggled with turnovers I mean I listen this isn't anything uh, overly dramatic or too intuitive but Captain Obvious seeing a little bit takeaways right that's going to be a key force Spencer Sanders to be uncomfortable on Saturday night if they go to Shane Illingworth put him in situations that he hasn't really been in this year I mean that's we're talking about the key to this game on Saturday, protecting the football and getting takeaways. Well, look at the last two OSU games. They probably should have beaten Texas. You're right. But they gave it up, was it four or five times in that game? I think it was five total. Kansas State, you could argue, outplayed Oklahoma State last Saturday. But Kansas State, a team who doesn't turn it over very often, turned it over. Uh, one of them cost them directly a touchdown, and the other one cost them the game. So, you're right, it's the most obvious stat in football and we see it time and time again you can analyze this thing until the cows come home but when we get to 10 30 or so saturday night maybe not that late maybe that late we'll see when we get to post game saturday night you look in that turnover column 
pretty good chance it'll tell you who won the football game. The look at Oklahoma State's schedule throughout the season, and Toby hit it on the head. You know, you, you could even, beyond just the turnovers, Toby, how about the penalty on the punt that gave Texas life in what was the game-tying drive? Uh, it's just been outside of the Kansas game for them this year in which they won it 47-7. to Every single game has been a roller coaster ride for Oklahoma State this season. I mean, it's just, they, in one way, I guess you say, they've been able to come away by winning more than they've lost, but you also wonder in that same vein, is there a time where it all, where the, where the damn kind of breaks for them and they're unable to really kind of plug all those leaks? You, you hope that Saturday night against Oklahoma, but we'll see. They've made some mistakes this year. They have. I, I think uh, offensively, they have been not as powerful as everyone thought coming into the season right with Tylen Wallace coming back with Chuba Hubbard coming back with Spencer Sanders having a season under his belt I think he forecasted really big things for them on offense and they've been good not great offensively defensively though I think they've been better than expected and and we thought they would probably pretty be pretty good this year with all the experience that they had coming back but I would argue they've been better than even we thought you see at the bottom there, Eamon Agbong-Bamega, he's a fantastic player for him. But, I mean, they've got guys up front like Trace Ford that can get after the quarterback. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, great player for them. Uh, Trace Sterling on the back end, Rodarius Williams. Uh, one injury that isn't talked about as much but could have a big impact on this game is their safety, Colby Harvale Peel, who is a fantastic player. Did not play against Kansas State. We don't know his status. Didn't even travel, right? Yeah, didn't travel. We don't know his status coming into this game. That could have an impact. Calvin Bundage has played big for them. So, I think OSU is legit on defense. I, I do. I think that, you know, I said it on the show earlier this week, and I said it on the press conference show. Last year's game was 34-16, OU won in Stillwater, 50 combined points. That was the lowest scoring Bedlam game since 09. I think we'll be lower than that Saturday. I think this will be the lowest scoring Bedlam game in a decade because you've got quality defenses who are playing well right now with momentum on both sides of this game. OSU's feeling themselves defensively. OU is feeling themselves defensively. So, you know, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be 10 7 or anything like that. <laughs> but I think it's going to be hard to move the ball for both teams in this game, potentially, which we haven't seen in a while in this yeah. series. And, you know, consider this. The run game of Oklahoma has really found another level the last few weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that here in just a second. Ah, uh, the Bedlam Series history. Sooners have won five straight, 15 of the last 17. And in Norman, it's been pretty impressive what the Sooners have done. 42 we have wins. A, a running clock in that Guthrie game. In 04, that seems like it got out of hand. What was the final score? 75 that game? nothing. Oh, first wow. meeting 1904. It says there, oh, you won 75 nothing in Guthrie. It's a good question. Yeah. Oh, now I bet in 05 they had a running clock after that 04 debacle. I bet back in 1904, Toby, that uh, sports radio was all over the Sooners for running up the score that next Monday. Um, and what I, was his name? What was the Mike Lupica? I bet Mike Lupica. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You, you, you've said it on scene setters before, but it's it's fun because it's households that are split against each other, right? It's yeah. in your work environment, whatever your work environment looks like right now. If it's a Zoom, there's a there might be someone you work with that has the OSU background. In the Everybody's Zoom. got a neighbor, right? Right, exactly. That's an obnoxious either OU or OSU fan, whichever side you're on. Your workplace, your church, your school. 
I mean, you got to live with it. That's right. Whatever happens in this game, you've got to live with it for 365 days. The OU-Texas game, huge rivalry. Don't get me wrong. Not taking anything away. You, you know, you don't see those guys very often. <laughs> Maybe there's a few of them around, you know, the area where you live. And, but OU-OSU, I mean, this one stings whichever way it goes. Uh, a couple of quick things, uh, Angel Rats. I agree. I've enjoyed seeing the growth and maturation of this team amidst this crazy season. That's the mark of real quality. I think you and I agree, uh, agree, and Gabe talks about this a lot on the broadcast, Gabe Eichert. We're asking college football players to do everything that goes against what makes you excited about being a college football player, right? Outside of the game. The game and, and the, the, the camaraderie is still there, but it's different. There's no family dinners. There's no team dinners. There's no celebrations after games. And yet this team is still grinded through, Toby, and they've gotten better every single week. I've loved to see it. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, the, the start was not what you wanted. And I think you've seen at places around the country, considering everything that's going on, when teams haven't gotten off to the starts they've wanted, it's gone downhill quickly for them. Michigan, for example. But Oklahoma was able to rally the troops in the second. I mean, there's a definitive line in the sand where this season turned, and it was halftime of the Texas game. Really, overtimes. I could not agree game. more. From that point on, they've been fantastic. They've gotten better and better on defense. That running game has gotten better and better. Spencer Rattler has gotten better and better. And uh, it's been fun to watch the progression. A very hard year to keep your nose to the grindstone, and they've done it. We got time for two more questions, Craig. I, I don't want to keep it going too long. Uh, all right. Uh, Vinny writes, I like this. I like this from Vinny. Chuba gets the most attention for Oklahoma State. But I've been impressed with their RB, too. That kid is a powerful runner. Yeah. He's right. There's so much talk about Chuba Hubbard, uh, and deservedly so. Kid's going to be an NFL running back, has a great future ahead of him. But L.D. Brown has found another level for yeah. Oklahoma State this year, Toby. It's very impressive to see. Yeah, not real big, five foot nine, but a bowling ball. He's one of those guys that kind of comes at you with shoulders and knees, and you can't figure out what to tackle. He wears the number zero there. You see him blocking on this play. But... The texter or the tweeter is absolutely right. Uh, Chuba gets a lot of attention, and rightfully so. He deserves it. He's explosive, as explosive as anybody in the country. But L.D. Brown has caught some eyeballs with the way he's run this year. He is a tough, some, most of the time, between the tackles, running back, not afraid to do the hard work. you got to worry about him, too. Uh, and then one more here real quick. I like this from Tony Yates, who writes, just give the ball to Ramondre Stevenson, establish the run game, take a few shots, and I think we'll be all right. Uh, you know, I loved what Mike Gundy said. You and I feel I... confident, Tony, giving the ball to Ramondre <laughs> will be in the game plan. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away for Lincoln. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel pretty good about it, too. Uh, it was interesting because Mike Gundy was asked about the difference that Ramondre Stevenson makes in the Oklahoma running game. And, and Gundy said, well, you know, I, I don't really know too much about going in depth, but I know that they're better with him in there. And I think that's a fair statement. Accurate diagnosis. A well done, Coach Mike Gundy, on that one. Uh, what, what, I don't but, know. You know, it's more than just, hey, Ramondre's good. Right. He's good. He's better this year. We talked about this. He was really good last year. He seems to have added agility, nimbleness, a spin move this year. Look at that stiff arm. He just drives people into the ground. So he's good. But... Also, then when T.J. Pledger comes in, he's not sitting on 22 carries. Right. He's sitting on five or six carries. He's fresh when they go to uh, Marcus Major or Seth McGowan. 
Um, I'll be intrigued to see how they use him in this game, by the way. They're fresh, so it's, you know, the whole running game has improved because of him being back. Yeah, and, and the offensive line is blocking very well. The one thing about Ramondre that stands out to me, and I don't know if we've had a chance to talk about this on the podcast. I think we touched on it a little bit last week. He seems more elusive. And we've always known he could run between the tackles. He had, I want to say, something like 14 yards per carry on three carries last year against Oklahoma State. But it, we always thought he was the, the bowling ball of butcher blades, if you will. I kind of see him as a guy now, Toby, and I think, I think you agree, who can get out, he can make you miss. He's showing off the spin move. He's making plays, catching the ball out of the backfield. I almost feel like he's You think he a took more- some dance classes or plyometrics <laughs> or something in, in his downtime? <laughs> plyometrics, He gave well a little done. stutter and go against Kansas. He caught a ball in the flat, one-on-one with a defender, gave a little stutter and go. Looked like a basketball player getting ready to drive to the rim. I wholeheartedly agree with you. He has improved his game in a lot of ways. Uh, Kevin keeps rolling in with his players to watch this week, and I like this. Austin Stogner and Marvin Mims, will they have big days on Saturday? Well, I think this note right here, yes, they have the potential to, but I think it starts with the ground game, obviously, especially when you see those yards per carry that have continued to improve. But when they throw the ball, when they put the ball in the air, T-Row, boy, do they have a bevy of weapons right now. I know Lincoln was asked, hey, would you like to have – you know, a more veteran receiver out there. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we'd like to have 11 Hall of Famers. But Marvin Mims and the way that he's progressed and kind of when given the opportunity, how he stepped up and then seeing Stogner, hope, hoping he's 100%. We had countless conversations about wide receiver depth and experience coming into this season. And I love the way that it's progressed throughout the year and they keep adding pieces. And 17 has been fun to watch grow. Consistent contributor, Mims seems to have a knack for the end zone, too. Great job keeping his toe down on that Tanner Mordecai pass. Seven touchdowns on the year. Um, No, I've been very impressed with how he's playing. And one more touchdown, and he'll have the freshman touchdown receiving record all to himself. Can I give you a low-key player to watch? Well, I'm looking for someone in my spotlight, so let's go. I'm going to, tonight on uh, the huddle with Teddy, um, our producer, Kurt Watson, has asked us for a player to watch. Usually we do a player of the game, but since we didn't have a since it was a bye week, player to watch. I'm going to go with the guy you interviewed this week, Jeremiah Hall. I like it. If you think back to some of the big marquee matchups, especially against really good defenses that Oklahoma has had in recent years, think of that Ohio State game up in Columbus. Think of both Baylor games last year. Lincoln has used his fullbacks and H-backs a lot in those games. When you face good defenses, this is kind of a neutralizing effect when you got a guy who is normally a blocker who can sneak out of the backfield and make plays for you, and we know the Bullfrog can do that. I think I would not be surprised if Jeremiah Hall doesn't have a big impact on this game somehow. I agree. I agree. Toby, go ahead and put me down for Jeremiah Hall in my spotlight <laughs> on Saturday night. Because you're right. They go, oh, okay, you shut down Mims. Are you, are you game plan to try to shut down Stevenson? Are you game plan to try to shut down Jane Hayeswood, whomever it might be? And then all of a sudden, there's an H-back running wide open down yep. the middle of the field. How many times do you see Trey Miller sneak out? Right? Absolutely. Open down the scene. Yeah. Hey, I, I did have to say, and this might be a little bit shameless, but the final comment here before we let you get out of here, Toby – 
Shameless plug for Toby's incredible children's book, What a Gift for the Holidays. Wow, who's that from? Um, I just shut it down. Oh, no. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for every Sooner fan this season, Chris. I, hear I hope the, everyone will pick it up. I heard there could be a sequel in the works, too. Stay tuned. Uh, here's what we do have for sure. Coming up at 6.30 on Saturday night, weather could be dicey. We'll keep an eye on that, but it's going to be fun. It's Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. We'll be on the air on the radio network with a 4.30 pregame show. For those of you on the Sooner Sports Podcast audio version, the Lincoln Riley Press Conference is right now. All right, thanks, Chris. Welcome, everybody. Uh, exciting week here uh, with Oklahoma State coming to town. Obviously, a really, really good football team. Um, played extremely well this year. All three sides of the ball, very talented, um, experienced football team. Um, that'll certainly be a, be a challenge for us, without a doubt. So it should be a, obviously an important game in the conference, as it has become over the, over the last several years. Uh, this year, certainly no different. Um, and uh, should be obviously a lot of fun here. Norman Saturday night. Uh, can't can't wait to play. Excited, you know. Certainly coming off the bye week and with the momentum we have as a football team, and and looking forward to you know a really really strong challenge and and the chance to play a great football team. That's it. We'll fire away with questions. Thanks, Coach. First question will go to Eric Bailey, the Tulsa World, and then Ryan Aver. Hey, Lincoln, Spencer got a taste of a rivalry game against Texas. As a, as a first-time starting quarterback, how did he handle the build-up build and blocking out the outside noise, and will that help him this week? I, I, I thought he was fine um, throughout it. I didn't think any of the good or bad, you know, that happened in that game was a result of the build-up. I just think, you know, like we've kind of said over and over this year, every every game, every scenario, every situation is a is a learning opportunity for for him and our whole team. And you know, I think he's learned. He'll get in some new situations, some different situations here Saturday night. And uh, you know, hopefully, the experience he's had through the years or through this year and uh, some of the situations he's already been in, he can he can draw back. Which I mean, the thing for him is to continue to just trust doing his job, to trust his teammates. Um, and uh, not make any more of it than what it is. And uh, he's done a good job that last several weeks, and you know we'll need that to continue here in this last stretch. You know, quick follow: when you're recruiting a high-profile quarterback, how much does that factor in? Just the maturity aspect. You can't predict the future, of course, but when you look and studying the quarterback, how much does that factor in? Just studying the maturity of that player. Oh, it's, I think it's definitely important. It's not always easy to gauge, uh, but it's it's definitely important of how they handle you know adversity, how they handle tough situations. Just their I think their overall competitiveness. Um, you know, are they somebody that you know in that arena you know wants the ball? Um, some guys do, some guys say they do, and uh, you can tell the difference. Um, but you no, know, he's a guy that doesn't. Doesn't shy away from it, so you know I think you'll I think you'll be ready. Thank you, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ryan Aver, the Oklahoman, and then Joe Bettner. Yeah, Lincoln. Uh, what are the maybe the the biggest areas that Nick Benito has improved on uh, since last year, and and can you uh, maybe at least try to quantify the importance of the 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 uh, Nick's what Nick has done. Uh, to, to what this defense is, the success that this defense is having. Yeah, I mean, I think Nick was one of those handful of players coming in the season that that did a lot of positive things for us last year. But you know, we felt like 
you know we needed him to take the next step and and you know the we, we put you know pressure on him and and really pushed him to to do the things necessary to take that next step and I think the thing for him was you know it's it's different being a role guy and then all of a sudden you're you know one of the guys it's it's just a different type of responsibility you know and you know to give you an example if you play you know throwing it out there you play 25 plays in the game and you make two or three good plays and it's you know everybody's going to feel all right whereas you know when you're out there for you start getting out there for a larger portion of the game uh you know you're going to have more challenges come your way you got more opportunities but also you know more challenges come your way and you got to be a more complete player um you know and and I think he's he's done that I think he's played a lot stronger in the run game this year uh I think his his pass rush has has improved his his feel uh when to set guys up he's got um a few new uh, you know pass rushing techniques moves strengths that have helped him become a, a more well-rounded pass rusher as well so um um and then I think some of the added weight uh, and strength that he's put on uh, has certainly made a difference in his game. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. yeah, let's go to Joe Bettner, the Norman transcript, and then Jason Kersey. Hey, Lincoln. Uh, you talk about just the challenges LSU presents, and you know, with guys like Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, assuming you know Tylen's good to go. But uh, can you articulate as a coach how difficult it is to game plan for what this LSU team presents as far as just kind of the options that they have and if that adds anything to your defense as far as motivation in the big rivalry game where, you know, they've got to go up against two of the better players in the Big 12. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd, I'd say three of the better players, you know, skill-wise. I mean, those those guys are all really, really good players. You know, they're all dynamic. Um, you know, I think where they present problems is just those, those three guys can all, you know, can all win. And, uh, you know, the only way you can, you know, get a lot of people around all of them is, is to have, 13 or 14 players out there, and I don't think they're going to let us do that. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it's tough. It's a tough matchup. I mean, you know, Tylen coming back is, is obviously one of the best receivers in the country. Chuba making the decision to come back is, is absolutely one of the best running backs in the country. You know, and then we've seen, you know, the talent that, that Spencer Sanders is and how he's grown and matured and, and made a lot of big plays and big games for them. So, they, that – that trio is as talented and as good as, as anybody in the country. That'll um, be a big challenge for us. I mean, you know, and they not atypical of this game, but but no, there is certainly a lot of challenges. And you know, it, eventually you got to go. You're going to get in one-on-one -on -one situations with with all three of them at some point during the game. And you know, you got to you got to be able to win those. And that's uh, you know, that's that's a situation that they put you in. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Jason Kersey of The Athletic, and then Cliff Brunt. Hey, Lincoln, I know that you never go into a series expecting to punt, but in a game against a really good defense and a game where field position could be important, how important could Reeves Munchau be in this game? And how have you felt like he's played this year generally? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's not too important. Um, but, no, I, I, I certainly understand the question. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it certainly could be. I mean, you're playing a quality defense, or you know, they do a good job, and and so, yeah, no, I think it's I, I think it'll be important. Yeah, you know, Reeves has had some games where he hadn't had to be too busy. He's had against a couple of games where we've had to use him a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think his I think his his good punts have been better um, than than what he was last year. You know, he's stronger. I think just as we watch the the number of punts we watched throughout the year, I think he's hitting the ball overall better. 
He's had a couple ones that got just away from him where, you know, last year he got a couple big rolls on those and, and the average was maybe even a little bit better. I honestly think he's hit the ball better this year, uh, you know, and done a better job of, you know, of locating the football where we want him to locate it. So I think he's improved. And, and then, you know, the fact that he's done this in a lot of big games and big atmospheres and big moments is a, certainly a plus for us in this game. Thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm. Brock, AP, and then Boffers, Bill. Yeah, uh, Coach, uh, what stands out most to you about how Oklahoma State has evolved defensively over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they obviously went with a, you know, a very different kind of mindset when they when they brought the new coordinator in a few years ago, um, and you can see, I mean, it's it's you could tell it's year three with those guys, and and you know, it's funny even. You, even over the years, it's we're playing the same players. I mean, just about. I mean, it's there's there's very few new faces, even from the first year that we that we went against those guys. So you know, you've got a lot of guys that are good football players, and they've grown in the system. and And I, I think the biggest thing you see is they just you know they're they look like it's year three. I mean, they they they're not making mistakes. They're on the same page. Uh, you know, and they've got a very experienced and very talented group, you know, that's been able to stay at least from, I don't know, from a, not from being in the middle of it, but it looks like that group's been able to stay relatively healthy because you turn on game film after game film year after year and it's all the same numbers out there. So uh, they're, they're really good defense. They've gotten better, you know, tribute to their, the coaching staff and the players there. Um, and they've obviously had a really, really, you know, tremendous year so far. Lincoln, going back to the second quarter versus Texas when you decided to sit Spencer, were you worried that he was going to lose any confidence or mope around? Like, what had you so confident that he was going to use that in a positive way? Uh, no, I wasn't worried about that. I mean, I, you know, feel like I know who he is. Uh, I don't. That thought didn't cross my mind at the time. Um, and if he was to mope or not handle it the right way, then then he's not the guy that should be, you know, our starting quarterback. I mean, that's just not a that's not a quality that would, you know, help help us or help this team. And I think the starting quarterback has to have a, you know, not necessarily always maybe lowering your shoulder running over guys, but there there's gotta be a toughness and a mental toughness of the guy at that at that position uh, for your team to me to, to have any of that. And and so, again, whether they're a big dude and trying to run guys over, you know, even a small guy like Kyler that, you know, never got hit and slide every chance he got, there's still just a – there's a mental toughness and a mindset and a competitiveness that uh, that you have to have. And, uh, you know, you got to be able to handle situations like that where it doesn't go your way. We'll go to John Hoover with SI Sooners and then James Hale. Lincoln, a real quick one for you. How Spencer, how was he last week? Is he 100% this week? Yeah, he's 100%. Okay, so what I want to ask is about it as a team or maybe even individually, how much do you still refer back to the early parts of the season, you know, in your self-scouting, specifically some of the, I don't know, teaching moments uh, against Kansas State, Iowa State, and whatnot? You've always been a guy that emphasizes positives. What I'm wondering is if the last few wins, do you still have to remind guys, hey, things can go sideways. Here's what you did previously. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we just call it for what it is here. I mean, I, 
you know, I've never been the guy that's going to stand up in front of the media and, and, you know, heavily criticize a player, this or that, that, that doesn't happen now. Uh, you know, in our practices and our meetings, uh, sometimes a little bit different story. Um, we, we just try to be straight up with our guys. If they did something really good, we're going to tell them they did something really good. If they did something really bad, we're going to tell them if they did something really smart, it's going to be emphasized. They did something really dumb. It's going to be emphasized. I mean, for us, it's just the, there's nowhere to hide mentality, both for, both for us as coaches uh, and, and players. I got no problem when I screw something up in front of a game Monday in a team meeting, showing the team where I screwed it up and telling them how stupid it was on my part. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just our mindset. And so we try to just call it like it is. Uh, you know, we try to, we try to certainly learn, but not dwell. Um, and, you know, and, and whether that was something good in the past, something bad in the past, or we, we want to learn from it. Um, uh, because no, you never, you never get there. You never, there's not like some moment where you got it all figured out. It's just, you know, hopefully you can take the lessons that you have and apply them and just keep getting better throughout the year. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hey, James Hale, KREF, and then Joey Helmer. Yeah, Lincoln, Oklahoma State defensively, they're really, they're, they're pretty good defending the pass. So I'm wondering, you know, with their concepts and the things they use and the fact that their safety game is so good. If they make big plays, it's usually from their safeties on defense. What will Spencer have to watch? And, you know, what do you guys have to watch uh, to make sure that you can control those safeties and, you know, and, and throw the ball against them? No, they're good players. I mean, those two guys have been playing forever and uh, they're, you know, they've really improved and uh, they're, they're two tremendous players. No, no question about it. Um, yeah, and they do a nice job. They they do a nice job mixing up, getting those guys in the run game, but also keeping them very active in the pass game. Uh, you know, and it's, a I think, a credit to a, a, a nice job they do schematically. And then again, just the quality of players that those guys are. They've, they, those guys have played a lot of ball and they've seen a lot and uh, and it shows up on tape. So, um, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it still comes down to, you know, winning your individual matchups. I mean, I think in a game like this where, you know, both, both teams, both sides, I'm really both sides on both sides of the ball are, 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 are good. And, uh, so can be a lot of really good individual matchups out there and, and, uh, you know, there'll be some opportunities because both teams are aggressive. There'll be some opportunities for big plays. Um, and, uh, you know, when you get those times, you got to cash in, especially against good defenses. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Joey Helmer, OU Insider, and then Gary Neiman. Yeah, Lincoln, you talked about Tylen being one of the best receivers in the country. Obviously, you guys have a, a ton of talented receivers on your roster. Uh, how can some of those guys help you prepare for a guy as dynamic as Tylen? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, our, 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 our players are used to going against good receivers. Um, you know, but I don't know anybody's exactly, you know, like – you know, can you carbon copy a guy, you know, his strengths, weaknesses, all that. Thailand doesn't have very many weaknesses. Um, I mean, as far as a skill set, I mean, the guy we have that's most like him is, is uh, you know, he and Trajan Bridges are, are – their games are very, very, very similar, remarkably similar in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, yeah, our guys get to go up against good receivers, but, you know, Thailand's tremendous and, and does some – you know, just he does some things very, very well that are that are difficult to defend. So, you know, I, I'm glad that our guys get to go up against good receivers. But it's you know, it's going to matter what they do on Saturday night. Uh, you know, and and he's a like I said, we got a lot of respect for him. 
a tremendous player and, and certainly have a lot of respect for the you know challenge of trying to trying to contain him. Aaron Enig, Tulsa World, and Keegan Renault. Lincoln, the situation at receiver for you, you got a lot of talent and a heck of a lot of potential there, certainly. Not sure that you, you've got a, a Bolitnikoff award candidate this year just yet. Um, you don't have D.D. or uh, C.D. Lamb, Marquise Brown, guys who've made such big plays and big games the last few years. Would you feel more secure going into this matchup, as sound as OSU is in terms of its coverage? Would you feel more secure if you had that kind of guy out on the perimeter to help Rattler out a little bit? Um, I feel good about the guys we have. You know, they've, they've made a lot of plays, and I think we're getting better quickly, um, those guys included. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you'd like to line up with 11 Hall of Famers, but it just, you know, that's the nature of the beast is each year, you know, you have what you have. And I, I like what we have. I think we're, you know, we're, I think in the process of turning, you know, a lot of that talent and, and guys that are flashing and doing some really good things into really, you know, consistent and, and potentially elite players. And um, so I, I like the progression we're on. I like the guys we have, and I think they'll be ready for their opportunity Saturday night. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Keegan Renault, Sooners Wire, and then Jenny Carlson. Yeah, Lincoln, after the Kansas game, you talked about how the team has had a bunch of fork-in-the-road moments, and they've chosen to go on the ladder, um, you know, to come together and do all that. What, how, did, how did you see this team kind of unfold this year? Was it, you know, was it the Texas game that really drove them? Was it after the Iowa State game and some of those personal meetings um, with the players and all that? Um, how, did, how did you see this team kind of come together this year? Oh man, that seems like a question for after the season. I mean, I I don't know that there's been like at least up to this point like some you know big Hollywood moment. I mean, it's each moment contributes to it. You know, the ones you'll notice more after adversity, or those are you know I think the the more obvious ones. But every moment from January on, you know, contributes to it. And uh, so we've I think the team for the most part has handled. The majority of what we put in front of them very well um, from from January on, and all the different challenges that have come up, and they've continued to listen, they've continued to stay positive, and they've continued to grow together. And so I think those things have been, I think, the key to us, you know, starting to play some some decent ball here um, towards the end, and 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 while we've been able to hang in there and put ourselves in position to make this a uh, a meaningful football game. So, um, but I think it's just been constant throughout the year, and uh, you know we'll have to continue to come together and and fight and push to get better if we want to accomplish, you know, what we think we can here at the end. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Hey, Carlson, the Oklahoma, and then Lee Benson. Hey, Lincoln. You guys um, have won a string of games here in this series, and have several guys on your team that have been part of those wins kind of speaks to the larger um, series um, excellence, I guess, you guys have had as a program. How do you use hi history, that success historically, and in the short term, too, one win in the last few years, to your advantage? Is there a way that you feel like mentally you can address that with your guys and, and uh, you know, give them the most confidence heading into a game? I know each year is its own thing, but yeah. does that, can that work for you in a good way? I honestly don't know that it does. Um, I just – the games are so different, you know, and the matchups are so different, and there's different 
you know, there's been different coaches, different coordinators, different guys at key positions. I mean, you know, it, it, there's just so much that changes year to year um, that, I mean, certainly I guess if you had to, if you sat there and you had to choose, do I want more guys on my roster that have had experience winning this game versus losing? Of course that, but I don't, you know, do you go into that and is something like that the difference? I, I, I have a hard time seeing that. I just think it comes down to how the team's playing at that point and the matchups on that particular Saturday and who executes the best and makes the big plays in the big moments. And, and uh, you know, this game has always been, you know, has always been competitive and it's uh, it's always been important, you know, throughout every single one of them that I've been involved in has had, you know, maybe been the most influential game in the Big 12 those seasons, uh, just about every one of them. And so, uh Quality ball has been good. There's been a lot of great players, a lot of them that are making plays on Sundays from both sides right now that, that have been a part of it. So, no, it's been a, it's been fun. It's it's been, uh, you know, feel fortunate that you know we've we've been able to come out in the upper hand. But it's you know that's not going to meet anything at 6:30 Saturday. I mean, it's going to take all we got to to you know to play at the level that we expect to play. Thank you. You're welcome. Steve Benson, KWTV, and then Barry Trammell. Hey, Coach, I know you talked a little bit about uh, the COVID stuff yesterday on the conference call, but I figured to get you on the record today since I saw last night, uh, OU announced 20 active cases in the, in the athletic department. I know the positivity rate uh, has gone down compared to, to last week, so mm -hmm. that, that's good. But I know you don't comment specifically on anybody in the program right. with the issues, but just today, just kind of wanted to gauge your feelings on if COVID's going to have potentially any impact on, on Bedlam this Saturday. Uh, well, I mean, we've done pretty good as a program. Uh, we we have. I mean, I, you know, you know, looking for. I need to knock on wood. I mean, you know, it's like we said all year. You're one test away from your perspective changing. Um, but we've had a stretch here since, um, well, since the first three games, it rocked us pretty good. And since then, we we've kind of we've been able to steady the ship a little bit on the on the COVID side of it. Uh, you know, and that's that's been a positive. So uh, it hasn't, for us in the last several weeks, has not had a huge impact. Uh, but again, we're just, you know, we're kind of living day to day. And uh, so we've, we've got to keep our guard up and keep doing the best we can. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to Barry Trammell, the Oklahoman, and then Parker Thune. Now, Lincoln, before you got to Norman, what was your perception of this rivalry? Uh, it had a cool name. But until the last, you know, 15 years, it didn't have much of a national profile. Now it's got a big national profile. What was your impression of this rivalry before you got to the middle of it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Oklahoma State, my earlier years in the Big 12 when I was at Texas Tech was really starting to, to take off, uh, you know, really starting to get better, really improve. You know, they got the – Obviously, the the different financial gifts have made a huge difference in their facilities, and you know, starting to get some really good players. And then, and then my years at East Carolina, you know, were some of their best years. Um, so, and obviously, I kept up with them more throughout that time, even though we weren't competing against them with with Dana being over there, uh, and and then a couple other guys that that you know, good friends with in the in the coaching fraternity. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as far as the rivalry itself, I think. You know, obviously studied it, watched it all those years that I was in the Big 12, and, and you could see, I mean, you obviously knew the power that OU was, and you could see that Oklahoma State was really up and coming. And then, 
you know, got to watch some great games there through the years while I was at East Carolina. So I honestly, to be completely honest, before that, my sense of the rivalry, I, I wouldn't have been a great judge on that. I, that wasn't anything I really paid attention to, but you could tell it was really starting to heat up and become, again, a, a more important game on the national scene and on the Big 12 scene uh, in my earlier years, and that just continued before I got here. You're welcome. Parker Thune with SI Sooners, and then Chris Becker. Yeah, Coach, your defensive front has just been so strong, especially over the last three games. Uh, but they're obviously facing uh, quite a challenge going up against one of the best running backs in college football in Chuba Hubbard. How confident are you and your guys to be able to contain Chuba on Saturday night? Oh, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, you know, because he can – you can stop him five times in a row and then, then you know – with this speed and, and, and combination of speed and power, he can pop one and, and, you know, make you forget about those five or six stops pretty quick. So no, he's, he's a, he's a tremendous player. He's got a great feel for, for the run game, you know, great patience. And then, and then just kind of knows when to go and has a, a real gift for separating from people. Um, and, and has been incredibly consistent. So, um, no, he's a, he's, he's a big time challenge for us. I mean, we have played well there, but you know, this guy's, you know, this guy's as good as anybody who'll play in college football. And final question today from Chris Becker of the Ocali. Hey, Lincoln. Uh, I want to talk about Spencer Sanders a little bit. You know, how, I think a guy who can run the ball, pass the ball, and make plays himself, how hard is that to contain, uh, you know, in a college football game? Yeah, really difficult. You know, it's, uh, you know, one of the toughest things to defend, you know, because, you know, you've heard defensive coordinators say it forever. You can – you can cover down perfect. You can have everything right, and the guy can extend plays and either beat you with his feet or get into scramble situations. And it's and it's tough. And a guy's athletic as Spencer, it's you know even if you assign somebody to him, it's it's you know he's still tough to handle even one on one because of how gifted an athlete he is. So um, no, he's he's a tremendous player. He, he you know poses a lot of problems for you defensively, and obviously doing a great job of it this year for them. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.